Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, joined by Carl Pavlik of Five for Howling. Um, we got a lot to get to. They were talking to the uh, Arizona Coyotes, Anaheim Ducks, another win in the preseason. But not only that, um, is we'll talk a lot of other just Coyotes updates. Plus, let's just start off with one thing, a little bit of a celebration I want to sh- share with you guys all today. This episode is is my official 100th episode as host here of Lockdown Coyotes. Woo! Yeah. I, honestly, like I couldn't be more excited. Like this this was a big deal for me. Like, you know, being a host here and you know, talking Arizona, Arizona hockey with you guys. I really appreciate you welcoming into your homes and listen and uh, you know, having you guys listen to me talk about Arizona hockey. I, again, it's a passion of mine. I love talking about hockey. I love talking about sports with you, all you guys. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks for joining me on this route to 100 episodes. And uh, hope you guys continue to follow for the 100 more. And then even more after that, because we will keep going. And then especially now with Carl Pavlik by my side to be my uh, to, to be a sidekick, because it's well, we're doing a great job here, and I think, I think, I, I think we really appreciate Carl being on here as well. I just have so many comic books in the closet over there, um, and when you say sidekick, I'm just like flashing back, and I'm like, uh, I really need to upgrade my attire because this is <laughs> not good sidekick, and we're visual now, so I can't be like side kicking wearing uh non-complimentary colors uh, that's just not gonna work <laughs> it's okay we'll, we'll we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> yeah anyways but congrats on the 100th episode it's a huge monument uh you do a lot of work for this so it's great to see you hit that landmark and another 100 more for you hopefully very soon Another hundred more. Hey, we'll probably even celebrate once we get to a hundred episodes on YouTube because obviously we keep doing this. It's yeah. going to be a lot more fun. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, let's get on to the, uh, today, today's show talking about the Arizona Coyotes win four to one win over the Anaheim Ducks over in Anaheim preseason win. Um, quite a lot to talk about on this episode, Carl, before we actually get to the game itself. Let's talk about the uh, the attempt to actually try to watch this game. And I say attempt it, very lightly here. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. We were watching the Anaheim Ducks feed, which let's let's start there. Kudos to the Anaheim Ducks for having a feed for the game yeah. because the Coyotes did not have a feed and they did not have radio because there was a Diamondbacks game. I tried to listen. Uh, and then I had to watch the Ducks' terrible feed, but it's preseason for everyone, and I mean, it just kind of happens. Yeah, it was. There, there were a lot of hiccups, and those. I mean, 
especially like on these preseason games, when you go ahead and try to attach a radio feed to your Jumbotron feed, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, especially when it is the Jumbotron feed, because we were saying like the in, uh, like in arena, like host, like cut to, I saw the kids cam, like just like things that you would expect to see on the Jumbotron. Um, I do find that sort of thing strangely fascinating, like watching those kind of weird feeds because you get them a lot in sports because there's so many cameras going um but not an ideal way to watch hockey i mean this is how this is how a regular broadcast goes in the american hockey league because that's how i mean that's how it's most of it's done yeah but at the same time this was preseason, so like the audio was off like you were seeing like you were here like what you were hearing was like what you saw like a minute and a half ago yeah like you're like wait oh Okay, I'm getting so thrown off here. Not to mention, I think what it was like what ten frames a second or whatever. Like it was, it super was super choppy. It was choppy visually. The there was a huge delay. Uh, what I compared it to um, on Twitter was watching like feeds from a Russian like first row sports site in 2012, where it would not only be like super delayed the like. There'd be no resolution. It'd be like more pixel than puck at that point. Um, just like an awkward start to what for many fans was probably the first chance of seeing the Arizona Coyotes this season uh, or this preseason. Certainly the first chance of seeing the, the white away jersey. The white, oh, yeah, the white away jerseys. Like, yeah. Oof. I love it, those things. They look really nice. Like, uh, I wish I could see them in like high fidelity, like 1080p, 4K, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. It was not fun on a computer monitor with no, no resolution. Uh, our uh, our friend, uh, uh, Jason JD Hernandez, who's at the Honda Center today watching the game. And I'm sure he will have he'll have his thoughts on the lock, next Locked On Ducks episode. So go, if you guys want to take a listen to that after this show, feel free to do that. Um, but he t- he went to go tweet at us saying it's like, hey, like those white kachinas though are freaking gorgeous. Yeah, it's I I think it's really like the top of the jersey. That's where like you get that nice like contrast and colors it's the green with the red design and then goes right straight to white you're just like oh yeah Yeah. it's a lot of fun um kudos for the coyotes for bringing out the white jerseys for uh for the season uh because they look great and you know it's been a good preseason so far it's only been two games but not too much to complain about no yeah not too much to complain about at all i think the you know the coyotes look like to be on a you know decent track development wise that a lot of these guys are going to be ready. Like, I mean, obviously not now, but like, it's like, you know, I think, I think the, like you think the world is crashing and burning, but you're like, you know, the future is bright. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the coyotes were getting, have been getting scoring from the players that they need to be 
scoring right now. If like it was all veterans uh, and all like you know players who you expected to be doing well, I think it'd be a bit of a different story. But the Cavs are getting offense from like a lot of unexpected sources. And sure, there's no guarantee that's going to keep going into the regular season, but it's at least a good sign. It is a good sign, and I, you know, that makes that makes me happy to uh, again f- for that future. I think, I mean, Lawson Kraus got a couple goals, but like, who, I'm trying to think, Cam Deneen had one, Victor Soderstrom had one, like, yeah, which was something that we are kind of missing from the the first preseason game, like offense from the defenseman. Um, like that was an interesting wrinkle that we got two goals from defensemen, especially Soderstrom. Uh, I think Kraus has not done or did not do well under Tockett. And uh, it was something that I kind of brought up during the game. Like he has every reason to consider this a renaissance here. Like just like uh, Alex Galchenyuk and just like Shane Gostasbear, like Kraus has a lot to play for. Have you guys, did you get a chance to see the actual shot from some of his goals? Like he's got a good <sighs> shot. <laughs> He does. He has always had like a good shot. Like it always felt like the Coyotes didn't know where to put him. Uh, and I I do kind of hope that like maybe like just he was playing under the wrong style and he's going to be playing a lot better. Uh, he certainly looked very engaged in. Let's be honest. It's his first preseason game. It would be bad if he wasn't engaged right now. Yeah, I spe- yeah, again, he's like, I'm sure, like, he just be excited to be back on the ice, ex- excited to, you know, have things coming back to normal. I mean, again, I mean, what, we haven't seen preseason hockey since 2019. Like, yeah. And um, wasn't he also wearing an A for the game? Yes, I believe he was. Yeah, so I think that's also just, like, a sign of, like, the leadership role that the team is expecting him to play. Yeah, they're rotating. Like, you notice, they're, like, every single preseason game, they're giving each different play. Like, like every time a new person gets an A. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, it makes sense because it's a completely different roster each game. But Sure, yeah. I mean, it's a different roster, but it's also just, like, who is going to be the leadership for the Coyotes next year? We're not really sure yet. Um, it gives you an they're... idea. It gives you an idea. Uh, I mean, the people who have been getting letters, I haven't really seen one where I'm like, that was a bad call. Uh, everyone seems to be kind of deserving of the recognition. But you had uh, Erickson, Strawman, um, uh, Lad. Lad. Um, so who else? Um, like that was from... Today it today, was... Kraus. Keller have one, I think. Keller had one. Labushkin, maybe. I forgot. It's, I, it's just it's just going over my head. On it, yeah. Um, which I mean, it's three A's. Maybe it's just like, eh, they didn't do anything like overly wrong. Like I thought the defense in general was like really just solid. They held the Ducks to one goal. And we've talked about the defense all like, you know, over the last month and just how good you can you can put you you can throw together like any like in the, at least in this preseason, any six players on defense 
and they're gonna do a good job. Yeah, and we saw that tonight with like six completely different players uh, doing a great job. Um, and I was like, just ugh. there was not like any kind of like major defensive lapses that I would have almost expected from like, especially going up up against the Ducks, who should have a really deep prospect pool. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's put it this. Oh, uh, and you can also talk about how good, you know, how good goalies were too, and in uh, Prospetov and 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 Vejmelka, Vejmelka. And look, let's let's put it this way: the fact that you were able to shut the door on Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale, yeah, like, uh yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, the Coyotes are winning games in preseason with like a lot of like younger players who aren't necessarily going to be in the mix next year against the LA Kings and the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who also have players in there who are younger and who may not necessarily make the, the team this year. So it's like, these are good games to be winning for the Coyotes. Even if they mean nothing, they are still good games to win. It's good because it just gives, I mean, it just again, it gives it gives the experience to the younger people, and it's just like, all right, this is how you win a game, and this is what it feels like to be in you know in a in a game setting in the NHL and against players you're probably going to see two three years from now when you actually come when you may eventually make your way up here. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone is kind of of the same mind that Dylan Gunther is probably not going to be a full-time NHL or this upcoming season. He got his second game. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, Not necessarily game-breaking, but pretty solid for a younger player. Uh, But this is going to be a lot of the competition he's going to be playing against for his career. So, like, you kind of want to expose him and be like, hey, get used to playing against these guys because you're going to see him a bit. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's the exact point of uh, of the preseason. Um, we're still going to get to a little more of our analyst uh, analysis of this game against the Anaheim Ducks. Any couple other positives that we might have, like last note positives. Plus, we'll also talk about maybe anything that we think the Coyotes should improve on. Maybe things that we might not like too much. Uh, we'll get all to that in just a sec. But first, let you guys know we're back and better than ever. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. And if you sign up for a free account today, you get you can get a 100% welcome bonus. It's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Once again, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. 
and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So back here on Lockdown Coyotes, Robin Leonio, Carl Pavlik, discussing the the uh, Arizona Coyotes win over the Anaheim Ducks, four to one, the final score. Um, Carl, one of the things that um, I want to mention before we get to something, some like drawbacks and negatives about this game, is you can still feel the like you know the Southwest rivalry. These teams don't like each other. <laughs> no, no, they absolutely do not. Um, and it was the same with the Kings game. Like the Coyotes may have left the division, but they still do not like the California teams. Like you saw, like Boca and Mama got essentially quote ejected off like off the bench. <laughs> yeah, uh, which. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that call for the ejection. Uh, it was late in the game, but I would want to read up on like the specific rules on that because I mean, I, probably not eject. It was probably just like it was a misconduct, but yeah, like I mean, it was a rough game, and he was definitely making sure that his presence was known in. I think what the team expects him to be doing. Uh, I mean, that's why they—that's why they traded for him this off season. They wanted someone to be a physical presence. They saw how much of a physical presence he was when the Roadrunners were playing the rain. Like yeah. Boku Imama would like he would go fight, you know, pick a fight with Victor Sodoshim and Jan Yannick, and he would just down them within two seconds. Like that's <laughs> the kind of guy that you that the that that the Coyotes wanted. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he definitely like. If that was his intention, kudos to him. And I don't think he necessarily made a lot of like dumb plays that you would expect for an enforcer. Like he had a solid like preseason don't mess with me vibe and he played it really well. Um like even his getting tossed, I'm like, eh, that seems kind of weak. It's late in the game and I see you don't want it to escalate, but eh. We can maybe I mean, argue that one because that was part of that was probably just an overarching scrum. Johan Larson got put in the, um, in, in the in the bin. Um, I think alongside, um, I don't know how to pronounce how to pronounce his name. Nicholas Deslauier, Deslauier from from uh from Anaheim. Yeah, it was definitely a very chippy game, uh, which I was not expecting. Were you? No, I was I was not expecting this. It's expected to be just chippy because the rivalry between the Ducks and the Coyotes isn't necessarily chippy. It's just more. I mean, unless we're talking the you know a couple like earlier last year when um, John Gibson goes and body slams Conway Garland. But sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, l- let's say this: uh, neither the Coyotes nor the Anaheim Ducks have been especially like physically like present teams uh, in the past couple of years. Like the rivalry has not been this, um, 
which I mean, both teams are going in completely different directions. So maybe it's going to be this. Um, like it's been two games, and the Coyotes are making sure that other teams know that they're not to be messed with physically. Maybe this is the new normal. And the NHL wants to put us in the central division. I mean, we did match up really well against the Blues. Maybe they're just like, oh, they need to learn something. It's like a classic anime. The Coyotes go to the central to learn to become a physical team. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it, maybe that's where we do it. Maybe that's how it goes. All goes down. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit of some of the negatives, though. Um, sure. Power play, like they had a power play goal, but. Yeah, the the Coyotes power play has not been good this preseason so far. Um, and I think the other side of that coin is they have been giving up way too many power play opportunities too. Exactly. Which is just very dangerous. That needs to be a trend that stops before the regular season starts. Yeah, and you know, they might be a good penalty killing team, but it only takes it so much, right? <laughs> yeah. The Coyotes have also been getting stellar goaltending. Uh, so I, again, I'm not sure like how good a penalty killing team they are if their goalies are just like all standing on their heads. Yeah, it actually reminds me how like think just thinking how deep the goaltending is. Just like I was like, oh, we're good for like a while. <laughs> is it actually deep though or is this like a mirage because i am not sure i think the coyotes I mean, goaltending is benefiting from very small sample sizes in the best way i mean like it's there's a lot of positives in being able to like play the position well and like making the saves you need to make which the coyotes goaltending have definitely done i mean let's put it this way you know it's like you, you know what these goalies are capable of, even going down like as far down the depth chart as you can. And then now you have maybe a coach that can actually manage them correctly. Uh that that would be nice. It would be nice to get that combination. Um but uh, I still think we're we're still we're still too- early. Don't worry, go yeah. over. We're still very, very early in this to say to for me to to one hundred absolutely say yes. This this goal this goaltending is incredibly deep, and the Kyrie's are gonna be absolutely fine. No, no, no. Like I'm saying, like it's deep. It's pretty deep, and I think you know, like if they stay on the track, yeah, I think they'll be all right. I mean, I think one of the things that we've seen a lot is just the way the Coyotes have been playing their goalies. Like, they're swapping out at the third period, and they're tending to get lit up in the third period. Uh, And the goaltender who you don't necessarily expect to be, like, the major, like, contributor has, like, stood up. Like, we saw that today. We saw that uh, um, on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Um, I think cold goaltending has definitely like been a key factor for the coyotes during I'm not sure if it's a third period collapse or if it's just them playing with the lead yet. But like something seems to be going on with the third period so far. I don't know if you've noticed that, but they seem to be getting like badly outshot in the third periods already. 
I mean, look. I mean, look at the last five minutes. They decided uh, the Anaheim Ducks side of the pool dull stall. Five minutes to go, and they couldn't. They they couldn't even get out of their own zone. Yes, that was insane. I want to see a regular season five minute goaltending poll just to see how that works. Because honestly, like if you are down that much, what do you have to lose? Get, I mean, I, I mean, in the like in the like at this point, nothing. You're just like, yeah. Eh. We're just like, why not? We've seen like goaltenders get pulled like progressively earlier. Like, do we eventually get to a five minutes left in regulation goaltending poll? Like when you're down four one, it's possible. Yeah. It is possible. I doubt it'll happen next season, uh, but like maybe in the future, it seems to be trending that way. Um, but that was crazy, just watching them. Well, A, it was very frustrating for the Coyotes to not get an empty net during that time period. I mean, yeah, it could have been like like as easy as a clear. Like you could have cleared it from your own zone, and like it still probably could have made it. Like, yeah, but I, I mean, if the Coyotes big. This problem is they uh, are struggling to keep a lead in the third period. <laughs> Not surprising for a rebuilding team. Like, that's a very, like, uh, let's be honest. Uh, it's a problem we expect to happen. We were expecting a lot of problems this year. Um, and... You know, we're taking all we're taking as much as these can as much as we can. We're taking all the silver linings out of it. We're just like, okay, this is this this little sliver right here, this is decent. Yeah. But you see in this sliver, there's a huge like tear right here. That's yeah. there's a flaw in this silver lining. It's still gonna be a problem. <laughs> um there's a old ska punk song about that um that i can't remember the initial lyric but it talks about the silver lining of the clouds concealing the killer um which i think is just the coyotes there's a silver <laughs> lining but it's not pure silver there's a lot of impurities in that i'm sure i'm sure like if you were making uh i don't know I read a lot of fantasy stuff. If you were making a silver sword, it would not be a good sword. Uh, there'd be a lot of just things that you need to pound out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is fine. I mean, again, we're yeah. talking about a, a, a team that is deep into a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, we're not deep into the rebuild. We're starting the rebuild. Well, they're going deep into it. They're going they're yeah. to be like... They're going to go really deep into it. Yeah. Um, which is, I think just like, we don't have good enough language to describe rebuilds. We are like deep into the initial stages of the rebuild because I think, um, like there's going to be a lot of pain for at least the next three seasons. Uh, yeah, at least. And we haven't even felt the real pain yet. Like trading a lot of our favorite players that hurt. Watching the team lose most of the next 82 games, that's going to be a lot more pain. Watching them get really close to 
a franchise low point total. Yeah, that's going to be rough. And I honestly think, like, we are in the early stages, but if the games are going to be the Coyotes go into the third period with a lead and then collapse or just, like, get ridiculously outshot and outplayed, that's also not going to be fun. Like, those are going to be, like, tough losses. The team needs to find a way to, like, play a full 60 minutes. Um, it's still play, really early, but... Play a full 60-minute effort? Like, it doesn't like it doesn't matter if you win or lose, obviously, because we know what the state of the program is. Yeah. But you still want to see a full 60-minute effort. Yeah. Which I... It's been something the Coyotes have struggled with as a franchise for a while. A while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, you, we talked about this in the podcast all throughout the last season. Like when I first when I when I first took the job here, one of the first things I said, like in my in my in like my preview episode, my in like I made a little preview statement for the Lockdown NHL National Show. I'm like one of the biggest one of the biggest keys to success for it was my Coyotes this season is playing a full 60-minute game, something that we still have yet to see them do. And it was still a problem throughout that year, and it's still going to be a problem now. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has always been an issue, and I think a lot of what we saw previously was more conditioning, and I think the problem this year is going to be just... Talent. Talent. Like, and talented players have an extra gear. We see this all the time. Like, if you are the best player on the ice, you can be a little bit better for five minutes. I mean, look at the, I mean, look at the talent that, that, uh, that Garland and Dvorak had. Like, they had an X factor to them that helped the Coyotes take some of the wins that they probably shouldn't have had last year. Yeah, definitely. And I mean the same for let's even go like backstops. Let's go Kemper and Ronson mm-hmm. when he was healthy. And Hill to a lesser extent. Like they have that talent to steal a game in a way where like if you're good enough and you're an individual player and the scene is set right, like you can't win a whole game by yourself, but you can preserve a lead or you can take a lead. Um or you can keep a lead. Um, but yeah, definitely like it's going to be an interesting year for the Coyotes because they're not necessarily going to have that. No, absolutely not. Hey, we still got a little bit to get to on this episode. Um, we are running a little bit long, so we got to, you know, move things along as best we can here. Um, so let's go ahead and get things going on to our next segment before we get to that, though. I want to let you guys know, today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increased number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure off pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning as your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Well, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the parts and brand that their warehouse happens to carry. When you have computers with access to rockauto.com, at home and in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are going to be reliably low for absolutely every single customer, no matter which car you have. They have parts for everything, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new 
carpet. Go and check it out yourself, too. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, just write locked on and their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. We're running long here on this episode, Carl. So let's go through some updates that we have to uh, let people know from from this uh, last well, the last twenty four hours since we last had an episode. Sure. And let's start with a little bit of injuries because, uh, well, we know unfortunately Kyle Capobianco is out day to day. Yep, Capobianco is out, which is very unfortunate because I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do this uh, preseason. You and I were talking about him just in yesterday's episode. Yeah, um, it is definitely the guy just can't keep seem to catch a break. It's it's rough. It's very rough. It is very rough. Um, on top of that, too, um, a lot of a lot of people were getting a scare because Cap Friendly put out a thing that had Jay Beagle's name and it had two le- and it had uh, a total of seven letters. LTIR and NHL, and people yeah. are like, wait, what? But if you look, the arrow is pointing from LTIR to NHL, which means he got activated. So, yeah, that means he's <laughs> moving to the active roster. So, if you saw that on Twitter, it's okay. He's not injured. He's actually back. <laughs> which I mean, guilty. Um, also, I will say, like, if you're a Coyotes fan, you just expect things to go wrong. So, <laughs> if you see an injury, especially. There's so many new players for the Coyotes, like keeping track of like everyone. I honestly didn't know that Jay Beagle was on LTIR, um, but it's great days back. And I think the team is very interested in playing him as center. So let's get him into preseason games. See what we can do. We will, have, we will definitely see what we can do um, during the game against Anaheim. Barrett Hayton left with an undisclosed lower body injury and did not return in the third period. Um, we don't know the status of that at the time of this recording. Um, I'm, we're going to assume he is day-to-day, so he might miss a couple days. We don't know. Yeah, he um, he had an assist on the Coyotes' first goal from Lawson Krause, um, and he has been like really good in the preseason. I have heard like a lot of people say a lot of positive things about him, so hopefully this is something that's minor. Um, it's also... Like, let's be honest, it's a preseason game. It may have just been for, like, cautionary reasons. Like, he may be ready to go next. Maybe they want to send him a couple games to make sure that he's ready to go. Uh, We just don't know at this point. I don't think we've gotten any kind of further confirmation. It could have been, like, a bruise on on, on your shin or something like that. Just, like, it's like, oh, like, you just, it's not a big, like, like like, to me, that would hurt like hell. Yeah, but to hockey player, that's like, yeah, oh, I, I could shake that off. There are a whole host of body injuries that I have had where I'm sure if I was a professional hockey player, I would just play through them. But I am not. I am <laughs> a regular adult, so I'm able to be like, this really hurts. I'm gonna focus on the pain all day um, and not yeah. step on it or do anything. And uh, Barrett Hayton is definitely tougher than I am, so. You know, we never know what it's going to be, but we'll keep you guys updated. Be sure to uh, check out L- um, Locked On Coyotes on Twitter at L O underscore L L O underscore Coyotes on Twitter. 
to know when we uh if there's any barrett hayden updates we will try to update you as best we can um any last well last update because again we are running um late on this is uh, we were talking earlier this week about uh the racist comments that Jalen Smerich got in the Ukrainian hockey league Carl and the player that directed these racist comments got his discipline but there has been outrage across hockey the hockey world that oh my god it was not enough yeah um which definitely it was interesting to see it came across like really early in the morning like I woke up personally and saw what what the supplemental discipline was. Uh, Andre Jashenkin, uh, not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he has been suspended for three games. He has the option to either pay a fine or be suspended for an additional 10 games. The fine translates to under $2,000 American. And... Honestly, like, let's start with having pay a fine or be suspended. It's a weird way to do suspensions, and it just is going to incentivize, like, wealthier players to not actually have to suffer consequences. Um, but let's say he does the max 13 games. That's not nearly enough for making a racist gesture on the ice um, during a game. That's not acceptable in any way. and the suspension is a bit of an insult because it is. Yeah. It's, it's one of those like things that you see where it's like, all right, we know that, you know, that this is a problem or that like, I think fans know the UHL like needed to do something and they like lowballed it in a way that I think, they thought we would be okay with yeah like well the interesting the thing is community. the interesting thing is the uhl actually passed it on to pass the discipline actually on to the iahf ukrainian division yeah um honestly though i think maybe even the higher level of the iahf can get involved on this i mean i saw an elliot friedman article where he was talking about the ia iihf Always impossible to say that for me. Yep. Um, like doing, like making it difficult to go to the World Juniors or the World Championship or the Olympics. Like they well, have yeah. the power. Yeah, the IAHF can actually ban a player from international play. Yeah. For a good amount of time. So, like a good example. I mean, this was a a completely different example, but you know, like when Evgeny Kuznetsov got caught with cocaine. Yeah, yeah, HF was like, yeah. So for like two years, you're not playing internationally. Yeah, and I mean they can target that like at the player, which they absolutely should. But I think Friedman was suggesting they target that at the league in general to send the message where it's like, you should not be allowing this because mm -hmm. they absolutely should not be allowing this. It is like a ridiculously light like sentence for a player that did something that's like truly horrifying like 
I mean, let's put it this way too, in like regards to the NHL, because we've seen some bad stuff in the NHL, right? Yeah. Um, and you don't see direct suspensions. The NHL doesn't get directly, directly involved in this stuff, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But the teams do. The teams very well get involved, and it kind of gets like hidden through some transactions. Here's a perfect example from like a somewhat of a decent example from last year. You have Tony D'Angelo, who's just not, overall, as everyone knows, not a nice person to teammates who are Different. diverse. Yeah. Um, and because of that, he ends up getting put on waivers. Well, ends up first, first getting scratched for like 10 games and then gets put on waivers and then gets bought out. And he's like, yeah, so you're first of all, first you're going to go down to the AHL for a little bit. You're, you're like, you're kind of nowhere. Yeah. Um, then you're going to get bought out. Um, now he signed with Carolina. I don't know what the deal with that is going to be like, but that's I me. Mean, that that's the example of what what the New York Rangers did. They essentially just silenced him. It's like you're going down. We don't tolerate that. Yeah, and the I think the GM even at the time said like he's he's played his last play. He's played his last game for the New York Rangers, and like I think it's important for someone to make that decision because unfortunately for the people in power, it's a difficult decision to make. And so they always seem to want to let someone else do it. Uh, and I think it's very important to point out the fact that like, we're talking about this right now. The NHL is not perfect. Um, oh, no. I have read so many comments on articles and tweets and so much about this story because I wanted to see what people were thinking. and a large enough minority was saying this would not happen in the NHL. And I do not know what world they are living in because no. we have seen players be racist. We have seen players be homophobic on the ice and they have kept their careers. Um, I personally called for this player to get a lifetime ban on Twitter uh, through five for howling. I think that is the right call. I am not blind to the fact that that is a call that should be made for North American players as well, because this is a larger issue than just one asshole in the Ukraine. This is a problem with hockey culture. It's a problem with hockey. Like, and, that's, and that's the thing is because you just look at the, unfortunately, obviously where, where hockey started from and like, you know, the kind of people that started playing hockey, the more rich white people. And it's, yeah. And eventually, you know, it, it becomes a more diverse sport. Naturally, like every sport, naturally becomes more diverse. And, and and it's a good thing. And I think, like, when you look at players like Austin Matthews, who's from a background where he would not be able to play hockey in the 1970s um, or the 80s. Like, it took a while for players of diverse backgrounds to be accepted. Um, and it's just, it's a shame. Uh, I also don't like the people who think that, like, it should be re resolved on the ice. Like, if he gets the crap kicked out of him in his next game, it doesn't change the fact that he felt comfortable doing a racist gesture on the ice. That's not going to make any future teammates feel better about being on a team with him. It's not going to make 
his GMs think differently about any kind of players they sign. It it will relieve some some like internal anger in the moment. Yeah, but it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't. It is just a surface level thing, and like so many other issues, this is much deeper. Um, and it's it's a shame we don't have a complete story yet. Uh, we don't know what Jones' like complete response is going to be. Um, he tweeted, I saw a quote. Yeah, it was like a key quote tweeted it, and it was like a like an ellipsis, like a dot yeah. dot dot. Uh, and then I think he spoke with Greg Wyshynski where he said, like, it's one of the worst things that he has had to deal with. And he acknowledged that he has dealt with a lot of racism on the ice. But, I mean, honestly, like, I think it's just, like, something to next level when you see a player doing that. Because so many of the other, like, stories involving black players in Europe and bananas – and there have been they're a lot. Fans. They're fans. They're not the guy on the ice. It's not a guy on the ice wearing a letter, which I think is just a completely different level of what are you doing? Um, and and that's really unfortunate. Like I I cannot imagine being feeling that level of unwanted in my career. Um, and that's really unfortunate that that is what uh, he is having to deal with right now. Yeah, it is, it, it is really unfortunate. And, you know, like, you know, both you and I are huge advocates for, you know, making hockey a safe place for everyone. You know, yeah. we want everyone to enjoy the sport, no matter what what background you are. Does Like, we, we, like both you and I come from completely different backgrounds. Right. Very true, yes. Very, very different backgrounds. I grew up and, in the forest of western New York. You are very and different. I, and I am a mixed race from the suburbs of San Jose, California. Like, <laughs> Could not be more different. Um, and I think like one of the things I've learned in hockey is it – it makes you not good at whatever your job is if you are prejudging people um, because there is always going to be someone with a different take who is going to like just blow you out of your mind. Like it, it happens all the time where it's like if I expected like this person or that person to like not be a hockey fan – and then they just drop something amazing. And it's like, oh, wow, you know a lot what you're talking about. You learn really quick. Like, there's no standard hockey fan. Everyone can know this stuff. And everyone can be great at it. And, like, closing your mind off that way is just making yourself and everyone around you worse. Perfect example is I get a lot of people who've asked me, like, 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 like how are you a hockey fan like how like how do you love hockey so much and i'm like does it matter yeah i mean you just say like i do and that's all that matters and i have this knowledge and i'm able to move forward with it i don't like there's no typical hockey fan i i meet a lot of people who grew up playing the game of hockey but i meet so many more people who like 
came to it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a problem we see with the NHL in general. Like it's definitely like a There's still a lot of purists out there. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of people who think that hockey should be one thing and they don't always have the same adversary, the same person who they think is ruining hockey, but they always have an other who is making hockey not good. And uh, I like they don't know that they're the run who is making hockey not good. They're making the sport worse by trying to close it off, by trying to exclude people, by trying to exclude people who are in your freaking league. Like, what is your problem with that? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's just that's garbage. You're sharing the same mice. You are equal. If nothing else, like there is that and there should be some level of respect. And as we've seen, this is an issue with the player. This is an issue with the league. And this is an issue with the international federation. It is not just one thing. It is a, just a whole lot of things that we need to sort through as hockey fans. Absolutely. Um, but we are running long on this. We'll end it on that note. Um, why did I cut a lot of conversation we had here? A really good conversation, but talking about, about both the the Kaidu's win as well as um, the latest news about Jalen Smirik and just the overarching thing about inclusivity in the sport of hockey. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to leave a, a like, a review. Um, and subscribe if you've yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, as well as now officially on YouTube. Um, this is first, uh, you know, just rounding out our first full week of the launch on YouTube. Very excited. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed it. And once again, um, super, super excited to be celebrating today as the 100th episode of me as host of Locked and Caddies. I know it's been probably like two, I think like 200 episodes total of the show because there's, you know, there's been, there's been guys before me and I, and I appreciate those who have come before me as well. Um, but anyways, don't forget to interact with us on social media. We are at LO underscore Kydes. I am personally at Rob Leonio one Carl, where can we find you? I am at Carl Pavlock FFH. And then at the word five, number four, word howling five for howling. You can follow all of us, interact with us, ask us any question you have. We can answer them right back. Or if you don't, if we don't answer directly back, we might be saving that question for a future episode of the Locked On Teddy Podcast. Anyways, thanks again, everyone, once for listening to today's episode or watching this episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy, and don't forget to howl on. <laughs>